everyone. Good morning and uh, welcome to the new media show. I kind of caught Rob off uh, guard here. We just kind of oh. went live. <laughs> Good morning, Rob. How are you? Doing great. Doing great. I know that, that that's the whole thing with I, and with live. There's no real beginning necessarily, right? Yeah. Especially when you're doing this because you're like rolling up different uh, <laughs> live streams. I, I so. saw uh, Luria doing uh, a countdown. She gets all her stuff up and she has like a, a count clock down to the show start. So that's actually kind of the smart thing to do is to, you know, yeah. get, get everything up and running and then, you know, get the audiences uh, aware that you're, you're ready to go live and then to, uh, then to, you know, build hype and kick it. So I got to figure out how she does the countdown counter. <laughs> yeah. Well, it says on the front plate, the front page of Blab, that's at blab.im, time to say goodbye. As of today, we're shutting down the Blab beta experiment. So he's calling it an experiment. And f- but and focusing 100% on our new project for the full story, read the message below. Well, you know, first of all, I think you summed it correctly in a Slack chat, but I don't know if I want to say exactly what you said, but no one shuts down a service that has 3.9 million or whatever they said they had users. Yeah, unless, they're, unless they're out of money. <laughs> out of money. Out of money. There's no way you do that. Yeah. You no, know? I agree. I uh, agree, and I think um, there's also a lot of missed opportunities there too oh. that uh, that didn't get um, done. You know, I know I had I had conversations with the CEO of the company, and, and I'm sure you did too. Um, he was going to take it off in a certain direction, and that, that wasn't really what the market wanted. Well, I'll buy the source code. <laughs> oh, there you go. You get if the source code's for sale, I'll buy the source code. <laughs> You know, let's uh, let's be honest. That, uh, in my opinion, the uh, the service really did social in a way that a lot of companies could yeah. could learn from. Yeah, you know, that it is true. You know, it, 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 no one has done social better than what that platform did. And uh, but yeah, a whole bunch of missed thing. It, it was to me, it was just uh, they were really onto something there. And uh, I, I think it grew into something. I, I first of all, I don't think they expected it to do to grow into what it grew into initially. I think that yeah. shocked them. Yeah. Well, he says that the number one thing that went wrong is most live streams suck. <laughs> I thought that was you know, that's you know, and a lot of the live streams were, in, and they did have a lot of people over there just chatting. Yeah. So they weren't shows at all. But I uh, thought that's kind of what he wanted. Blab, right? B-L-A-B, blab? Isn't yeah. that what you do when you talk? You blab? You're blabbing with your friends? Well, and now he's talking about you know how, uh, how the company will evolve into more of kind of like just a chat platform, right? So, well, so in some ways, you know, it's kind of odd. So they're, um, so they're going to pull the rug out from underneath people's feet. People have invested time, money to be able to be up on their system. And now they're going to relaunch another product, supposedly. Yeah. Huh. Yeah. You know, what trust can you have behind a system? They never said it was an experiment. Yeah. 
No. No, you don't start a company as an experiment. <laughs> I don't know anybody that does that. So anyway, um, the number two reason uh, for why, why this change is happening is making content versus making friends. For the past six months, there's been a growing divide between <clears throat> two groups of users. <laughs> people who use Blab as a way to broadcast to an audience yeah. and people who use Blab as a place to go to hang out with friends. Okay, so what's the problem? And really, in some ways, what's the, <clears throat> what's the difference? Yeah. <laughs> I don't see a distinction. Yeah, I don't either. I don't understand why. Well, just so we back up, Blab pulled a plug. I mean, just just pulled the plug. I mean, they announced we're shutting down. Yeah. And uh, I had an event today scheduled, everything. There was no warning. They just they just pulled the plug. And, yeah. uh, and we've seen some podcasting companies do that, too. Just pull the plug. And, and usually when that happens, it has everything to do with the fact you just ran out of money to pay your bandwidth bill. Right. And if it has that, nothing to do with experiments or anything else. Things like that. Right. <laughs> you know, I would have gladly paid a monthly fee to, mm. well, you know, here's, here's the bottom line. Yeah. Um, it, it's a reason why all these services, why Blip, why Livestream, why everyone with the exception of YouTube um, and, and currently Facebook, why mm. they end up having to charge. And they have to usually charge extraordinary amounts of money is mm -hmm. because to do live streaming is uses real bandwidth. Mm -hmm. And you think about them bringing in four streams. So let's say you have four people on, you got four incoming video streams that being processed and then turned around and sent out to how that's, that's a lot of overhead. That's a lot of servers um, in order to get that done. And that's a lot of real money. Yeah. And they had no monetization at all on that site none yeah none they didn't even try no and um i'm i don't know about utah i'm a little i'm a little offended by their comment in here about most live streams suck i think he's entirely missing the point right um i mean if he's trying to think that um what he's building there was gonna be like major media content or some content that, that was any different than what he had, um, he was sorely mistaken at the beginning. Yep. Um, you know, it's, you know, all these reasons that he has here are just excuses that, um, that don't really hold any water. I mean, he had, um, big names in there. He had people from UFC, Tony Robbins, Cisco, Adobe, mm -hmm. IBM. Yeah. You know, so why is he complaining about the content? Um, it just doesn't make any sense to me, this whole thing. Yeah, I, and myself, I read through that, and it, you know, it, what it is is, all right, guys, let's write something. Let's, let's write a blog post that talks about these altruistic types of scenarios and why we're shutting down, except for the real reason we're out of cash. Yeah. Um, and again, this is our speculation. This is my opinion. So, you know, the black people Well, are, if he's... Um, I mean, if he is out of cash, why why doesn't he put put yeah. an appeal together to the community yeah. to help fund his his business? If right. It just doesn't it just doesn't make any sense. The whole thing is completely off the mark of what you know. 
I don't know if these guys maybe aren't just in, in touch with the the community, or I'm not really sure um, well, what's really going on. Well, let's here. take it on face value that they shut down for the reasons that they say they're shutting down for, and they still have cash in the bank. Let's just yeah, it still doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, if yeah. you're going to evolve a product, you evolve it while it's online and being used. You don't, yeah. you don't pull the rug out of 3.9 million people that are using the service yeah. and which, you know, I'll be honest, we, we, you know, I thought it was a brilliant what it was doing. Now there was a, you know, for example, I wanted Blab, like when we went to CES last year, huge mm -hmm. opportunity. We could have been live for 10 hours, I would have dedicated everything to Blab. I wouldn't have pushed up to YouTube. I wouldn't have pushed it to Facebook. I would have went strictly to Blab purely because of the social media piece of it, but they refused at that time, and there was no way at that time to do 16 by nine. Yeah. Now, I had fully planned, based upon what they have done, they had done, was to be able to run a Blab session during CES 2017. Yeah. Because of the social, you know, the, the way the social worked. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, I agree. And it's, um, I don't know what's funny about this post too, is that, like I said earlier about the most live streams suck is the number one reason. But then later in the article, um, he, he brags about how great the content is. <laughs> so it's, it just, you know, the whole thing is kind of like tone deaf. Yeah. Um, you know, he has, you know, he has posts in here for, you know, that has Tony Robbins and, and how, how great traditions were done on there. The talk shows, the dating shows, the craft shows, you know, um, you know, and we just do a little new media show and okay. So I'm looking right now, we're live on Facebook. We have six. I'm looking on YouTube. Six. So we've got 12 live, you know, we, we were pulling 50, 60, 70, 80 people live on blab and having <clears throat> huge interaction on chat. Yeah. And okay. I love YouTube, love Facebook, but from a social standpoint, it's not getting it done. Yeah. You know, so I, I be, be honest with you, I'm astounded. I'm just, I was, I was like, wow, you got to be kidding me. Yeah. So I feel bad too. Feel bad I'm not going to be able to use the platform, right? You know, if they come back with something else, I'll, I'll look at it. But then can you trust them to keep the platform up and online? Now, uh, I was, I did have a couple of alternative services that we'd been suggested to look at. So maybe that's a, going to be a boon for them yeah. mm -hmm. uh, for people coming in and um, and migrating but still I don't think anyone has got that that social integration down you know and, and YouTube and Facebook could fix it real easy they really really could they you know they would just have to change their interface up a little bit to allow running you know they they want you to comment in the comment field below um you know, your live box. But if they put something on the side where there was some running commentary or give us a dedicated live page on Facebook, that might be good too. YouTube, 
you know, has, you know, could improve their tools as well, but they would never, ever integrate with Twitter or, um, you know, they just wouldn't provide that interoperability. They want you to use YouTube, Google stuff. They don't want you to use social with anyone else. So, yeah. Um, it's just got to be, you know, it's got to be a better mousetrap. And maybe it's time to start looking at, and, but the problem is too, and another reason why Blab was um, successful is that it was easy to find conversations to jump into. Mm-hmm. Um, and also easy to announce. And you send out a blast if someone's on, and, you know, that while you're on, you send them a blast, hey, you know, Todd, Todd's live or Rob's live. Um, you know, what do we have? We've got, you know, we can do stuff on, on, uh, you know, use Hootsuite and like, you know, send stuff to Twitter and Google plus and, and send announcements that way. But I know the social piece they had figured out over there was perfect. Yeah, it seemed, well, it seemed to attract, uh, a, a, a fairly large community of, of podcasters yeah. too. I mean, I talked to, to Sean, um, who's the, the CEO over there, you know, a few, you know, probably a year ago, I guess, yep. something like that now about, um, trying to integrate, um, podcasting into what he was doing there. Um, but he just couldn't see it. He just didn't, he just didn't want to do it. He didn't want to be a podcast platform, he, even though he was giving some pretty significant tools to podcasters. Yeah. He just didn't want to, for some reason, didn't want to go there. And I don't, I'm still to this day, I'm perplexed. Why not? right on a wave that can help you grow but maybe maybe uh each each new show and each new user was just more cost to him so we got got some people that are checking in on facebook and uh hey denny i want to say hi to you one of uh, my old shipmates in the navy and then uh steve hey steve and then we got paul that's uh thumbs up as nelson has come on as well so thanks guys for for jumping on facebook and liking or fate or saying hi um and chat rooms up uh, stargate pioneer welcome this morning so uh it's it's a uh, you know it's 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 weird it just really is i you know i it's just like it's just like of course i and i have a profitable company so i'm not <laughs> you know it's not a money thing it's just like me going out and saying okay let's let's turn everything off <laughs> yeah uh, in I I was looking at Twitter and I was looking at and there was no outrage. People were like, "Oh, thanks, thanks for the good ride." You know, it was fantastic. It was fun. It was no one was mad, and I was like, "That's interesting," because usually people will be raging, you know, and there's no rage. Maybe people haven't realized yet. I don't know. Maybe it's too soon. Maybe that that band aid was already pulled off um, as Sean's terminology he used you know you know with the podcast community right yeah maybe is i mean over the last month or so there's been you know glitches by 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 parties um on on, on blab to blab huh. by, done by podcasters they're, they're like saying i'm leaving the platform and i'm moving on maybe there's um lacking in a reaction because many in the community knew that this was this day was coming and we're seeing a lot of glitches like we did. We basically you yeah. know, left the platform ourselves probably a month, month and a half ago or so. Cause it just wasn't, wasn't working real well. 
<clears throat> yeah. So, Steve, I know you're watching. Steve Lee, what are you going to do for International Podcast Day? You know, what's the plan there? How are, you know, what, what platform are you guys going to move to? Um, if Steve, you're still in chat. Or if you want to jump on Steve on GNC Pod, because I know you guys are heavy users of Blab. Uh, jump into GNC Pod too. Feel free to dial in Steve if you want. But and maybe this has happened so quickly that he doesn't have an answer. He's to like, that yet. Uh, I don't know. You know, <laughs> and, you know. And there's a there's a couple alternatives out there. But you know, you look at yeah. you. They got publicity. Money could not buy. Yeah. You know, man. If I had people talking about. Or even you, Rob, if you had, if we had people talking about our services like they did, ah, an amazing amount of new business would come in. But yeah, huh? And I, I just, uh, I'm still puzzled. But yeah, it, I guess, and a friend of mine hates me saying this. It is what it is. <laughs> yeah, they've uh, chosen to go that direction, and. Steve says, we have no clue right now. We are looking at other services. Yeah. Yeah, I think that there are some services. I can't, I can't remember the, the name of them right off the top of my head. But um, Steven but says I, in the chat room, in the, uh, the uh, New Media Show chat room, says, if you take a look at the comments in the blog post, there were some people upset. So... So, um, and, and Nelson says, it can't be as transparent as it sounds, can it? He just shut the doors? Yeah, they, I mean, they just, bam, pulled the plug, said, we're done, we're gone. We're out of here, bye, sorry. Yeah. And, you know, and you, you know, here's the thing, too, and this is, you, you know, and I don't like bringing up podcast services before, but, you know, three days before Christmas, and the podcast service says, uh, we're going out of business, and we're taking your shows down, and you know, in three days and, you know, people are already have left for their Christmas vacation and people, you know, they go to check their websites and it's, uh, it's the, the website's gone, <laughs> you know, people have pulled the plug. So it, it goes back to a firm, boy, this is the man good for me to put in my Todd thing here. I've always said, you just can't trust and build your brand or platform around and be counting on a service to always be there. If you do, if you count, if you, if you count on a third party to build and, and grow your brand, you're screwed. You you're going to get screwed at some point. <laughs> yeah. Especially if it's a venture funded startup, right. I think is the, and doesn't, doesn't have any kind of revenue model around it. Yeah. Uh, that's a high, that's a very high risk scenario. Building a company to be acquired is, uh, is a, um, it's a pretty high risk strategy. Yeah. Uh, and a very low percentage of those companies actually, um, get acquired. Um, I'm not sure what the percentage is, but it's pretty darn low. Um, and unless there's some sort of revenue model behind it, because because investors won't continue to pump money into something that's not generating any revenue or doesn't have an acquisition potential, um, it's just it's a yeah they're just not going to do it. 
someone says blog talk radio lets you use it but they will own your material that's not good no actually not you can you know you can take your material and put it on your dot com you can use their platform and then take your media and put it on your website so that you know i i know those guys over there not going anywhere anytime soon of course rob you know you guys at speaker you can go over there and use your live services and and do live and then take your media and put it wherever you want yeah there's nobody none of these companies are locking your content down you can't get access to your content i mean just just think about what you're saying this is downloadable media um but the the challenge runs in is when your show is lock stock and barrel on somebody's thing when it it, when it is not your.com and when you are at um, well, in case in point, you know, in the, here I should you know, make a disclaimer where, you know, we're offering WordPress sites now. As well, far I, as- Todd, I, I do agree with you. I think every show needs to have its own central presence yeah. on, online that the, you, the content provider own, and yeah. it's probably going to be a WordPress site. Yep. Um, and I mean, it just, you need to have an anchor, um, yeah. that, that, that links to all the other parts of your show. You can, you can host your show wherever you want to host it, um, but but definitely have a an anchor that's yours that you control that yeah. that you can change that hosting. You can you can do whatever you want. You're not locked into a proprietary right. platform. It's right. the only place that's your show is available. Yep, and you and you can you can syndicate on all those sites. You can use those right. services, and you can yeah. you know support them financially. But you always got to have. That's why Geek News Central is at geeknewscentral.com. That's, I don't tell anyone, you know, yep. I can tell them they can listen on, on Stitcher and they can, you know, I can tell people where they can go listen, but at the same time, new media show is at newmediashow.com for a reason. We're not someplace else. That's the focal point. We, yeah, we use, sure, we use Facebook, we use YouTube, but we pull that back to so we're not really damaged by blab shutting no, down. No, we're we live. Just move on to the next thing. People you know? that people that had their entities over there or had a we're building a platform, building a community, building a and this is where their only point of presence was, they're screwed. Yeah. They're done. They're gone. They have to figure out something new. So, you know, people all, you know, people poo-poo me all the time. When I say control your feed, 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 you know, I I get beat up for having, for saying, you know, for, you know, having uh, that as a, and, uh, and it's just for that simple case. God forbid, okay, what happens if, uh, you know, you just never know. Something can happen and the service can go away overnight. And some companies have been acquired and shut down. <laughs> They've been acquired to eliminate the com- the competition. <laughs> and acquisition hires where they just buy the company, they get the people, and they kill the service. And and that happens to most uh, companies. Most. Yeah. It's not like it happens like five percent of the time. It's like it happens like eighty percent of right. the time. <laughs> You know, and yeah. they and they they'll try to roll up those customers maybe into the other company's product and say, okay, we're you know here's your I alternative. Know. Yeah. You know, so 
I, I mean, Todd, I, we've seen so many companies come and go, especially in the podcasting space oh, yeah. over the years, yeah. right? It's, yeah. it's, I mean, if you're new to the space, you haven't seen it. Right. Um, but if you've <laughs> been around, around two or three five years. to 10 years, you've seen a lot of it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, you, you've seen trade shows implode, you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's okay. Uh, nothing is guaranteed except your no. .com. That's right. You may get taken out by a hacker. You know, sure, someone may come in and take your site out, but, you know, if, if you're not stupid, you've got backups, you yeah. know. And, and if they do take you out, you just put up a new site. Right. You're back in, yeah. back in, back in the game again. I had someone, uh, oh, it was probably two weeks ago, they called. They were flipping out, and um, their, they thought their site was gone. And, uh, you know, completely not technical. And I'm like, we're like, no, your media is still there. <laughs> uh, you're, you just have a web page problem. Let's, you know, let's talk with your hosting provider. And, you know, I'm like, you know, 30 minutes later, she's back online. But I mean, uh, for 30 minutes, you know, she, she was bawling. She called us crying, you know, you know thinking her old entity was gone and because she had her own dot com and, and actually it was just a little minor issue and she got her back online but she didn't know. <laughs> but imagine if and again she's back online. She's good. She's happy. She had a thirty minute freak out. But uh and if you had a destination on Blab, well <laughs> you can keep on crying. It's gone. Yep. You're done. You're done. Oh Baked, man! Cooked and shipped. Ah, yeah. Well, <clears throat> I don't know. All right. So, oh, any thoughts about Rainmaker platform for podcasts? Very it, well. Get your wallet out. <laughs> get, your, get your wallet. <laughs> um, well, you you know that's probably a better approach than than than, than Blab did. Right. right? Um, it just is the question is is anybody paying them for anything <laughs> so yeah. uh it's a it's a wordpress site with some tools yeah. so um <clears throat> just you know for your information there are uh, about uh, 100,000 plugins available online at uh, at wordpress and uh you can just about do anything you want with your site um I mean, you can really go crazy and make a pretty, you know, mm -hmm. so, uh, yeah. you know, and that you just have to weigh the other services that they provide that they claim will help grow your show. So, so I've been inviting Sean Carr, who's the CEO <laughs> of art 19 onto the show for the last couple of weeks. And, um, and we haven't been successful yet. So Sean, if you're listening to this, it'd be great to have you come on the show and we can talk about your your proposal to replace RSS with an API. So it'll be interesting conversation. You know, I think Todd and I would like to learn more about that. So another thing too, Rob, I did see the final draft. Oh, you did on the, okay. I did. Uh, we've got um, some feedback we've sent again. So um, we should probably say what we're talking about. The here. IEB podcast measurement doc. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, the important stuff that uh, Angela and I wanted to make sure remained is in there. Um, 
I, I, I really have some things to say once it's out, so we'll have to have to be careful here because I, you know, I've made some recommendations to them, but um, I think that uh, coming soon then. Yeah, soon, very, very soon. So it's um, yeah. I just, I, I have to, I have to refrain at this point from saying any more. And, yeah, I don't uh, think you need to say any details until it comes out. Let's yeah. just say that it's 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 going to come out and it's going to be um, publicly distributed. I'm yep. assuming. And, yep. Which means that all of the hosting platforms and analytics platforms in this um, space in the podcasting space can have a you know a a, a guidepost right yep. on how they need to build their analytics system on the back end so we can consolidate this industry yeah. under one metric standard. So, and it's a, it's a, it's a good first run. So, um, you know, is it, uh, is everything exactly the way I want it? No, it's, but it's, you know, you're, you're dealing with, uh, 25 companies and you're compromising and, um, there are going to be some stark realities to the document. I guess that's the best, you know, the, and it's nothing that we're not already aware of. So, um, some are going to get impacted from it more than others. Yeah, and I'm real curious to see how the podcasting community re- reacts to the document. That's that's you know it's going to be interesting. So you know, and for your average um, normal podcaster, it's probably not going to be something that's going to. Um, impact them dramatically i guess it depends on where they're hosting i suppose well uh, I, I don't even know if it's that i think that what it's yeah. gonna you know it's gonna make sure that the you know the language that we're using is all gonna be the same and um yeah. you know let's face it when uh there's a certain amount of information that today is not available to us yeah and um and as long as everyone under, and you know, most podcasters understand that we know that when it goes into iTunes and someone downloads it, we really don't know if they have played the content, but you, there is a way to tell that story. Um, yeah. because there is a story to tell based upon, you know, current way Apple stops downloading podcasts after you haven't listened three to five episodes. So, you know, you've got that to build in a, some trending line data. So there's, you know, there's very, you know, what we've got is what we have had from the beginnings. Some stuff we can, yes, this can be measured. No, this can't. But yes, it's yeah. still a valuable space. And, uh, but what it's going to do is, I think it's going to have a lot more, going to drive a lot more conversation about, um, um, it's going to, it is going to drive more conversation about, or what is it going to take to get that extra data? Because the you know from from a streaming standpoint, they've been used to having this you know roll in roll out. They know exactly when people have come and left. Um, and from that standpoint, the streaming folks are probably going to come back and say, "See, we can you know, we can dig deeper here with streaming than we can with uh, on demand." But again, on demand is uh, you know in the context of how podcasts are being consumed today, is a user's choice. You know, people are uh, able to consume this content mobile wherever they are, whenever, you know, airplanes, on the train, bad connectivity spots, they can consume this media on demand, and that's why the space has been so innovative. And, um, but, Mm -hmm. 
again, there will be some that will, will you know, will, I'm sure are going to argue that a better way to deliver podcasts is, uh, is uh, through a stream. And I think that's been the case for, for a while now, yeah. depending on, you know, what kind of, what color glasses you're wearing when you look at it, mm-hmm. right? Where you come from. But these definitions are laid out very clearly so that, uh, you yeah. know, we all know that when someone clicks play, they're not really streaming. It's an on-demand feed and all that stuff, those questions that we've had to answer for years. Mm-hmm. You know, it sounds like a stream. It acts like a stream, but it's really, truly a progressive download. download. Yeah. So. And the whole streaming part is already kind of detailed out. The 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 metrics around that yeah. was put out in a more updated document about what about a year yeah, and a half about ago. Yeah, a year ago. Yep. Yep. So th- that one's already been covered. So if there's any concerns around how to track streams, I think it's pretty much that's pretty much covered as well. But I can guarantee you, we are going to spend a full hour and a half on this show talking about that document. Mm-hmm. And, um, yep. so, but again, it's, um, it is a, uh, it's a team effort and you know, it, you don't always get everything you want. <laughs> no, that's right. <laughs> but you have to, you know, you have to come to the, you have to come out of the, out of the thing saying, yes, we have a document. So, <laughs> and I, you know, I think it's a, it's a fair comment to the, you know, getting, getting access to that data that you're talking about, the black hole data that, uh, you know, we don't know if something got played when it got downloaded. And I'll, I'll say it again, and I've said it before, is um, that may not be great news for podcasters. I, you know, well, it's not what it's, you wish for. It's not, right? well, uh, well, no, it, uh, it's good and bad. Uh, well, I know, but. It, it, yeah, you know, if there's some bad in there. It's not necessarily good. Right, so, right, right. So, yeah. but you know, we've tried to mitigate that over the years by you know truly looking at trending data to see what a show's doing. Mm-hmm. You know, with and, and the trending data really, and you know, media buyers don't like it because it's ambiguous. Yeah, yeah. and um, they like. Well, what you're saying is that you're able to somewhat back into the numbers. Right, right, right. right. You're back uh, it's it. not a direct path. It's more of a. Um, taking other indicators and drawing conclusions. Yeah, I was having a discussion with a media buyer last week, and you know we're having this exact discussion. And she goes, "So you know what really what you know boils down?" She says, "What are we talking? Tens of thousands in Delta?" I'm like, "No." I said, no. Uh, "You know, you know." I said, "What's a thousand downloads per episode, or a thousand downloads an episode amongst friends?" And I said, it, "You know, it's probably." Plus or minus a thousand, and you know, in the, in the scheme of things, and I'm being, on, you know, I was being. On what what scale of a show are you talking about? Oh, I'm plus talking about a large a show, you okay. know, a very large show. So like two hundred thousand downloads. No, show? no, no. We're you know we're probably talking uh, thirty forty thousand listener okay. show. You know, and if if you know if you look at that trending data, because you know, let's be honest, shows have peaks and valleys they have an episode that's real popular they have one that's not so much and you know that number you know is is all over the place but the key is to use some standard math you know do say it's about statistics it's using you know that stuff you learned in algebra one <laughs> and yeah. uh to be able to you know take a look at uh, the last 12 15 20 episodes 
and do a mean, you know, come up with that number, come up with that average and, um, you know, it's, it's not difficult. And then you, you look at that compared to, I still bill on what a show has done, but when in a planning standpoint, I'm telling the buyer, this show on average delivers eh, 38 to 40,000 downloads, um, an episode and they're, you know, the average on audience, you know, is 37 to 30 or whatever the number is. And, um, you know, and they've maintained that they've maintained that for, you know, the last three or four months or whatever it may be. And it's still, it's, it's not like a banner ad or they know to the second that something's been delivered or on a live streaming service where you're actually doing a linear stream where you join the, the, the media in progress, not, you know, pressing play in the, in the show starts at, uh, at the second zero, you know, they can tell where you've been on a, mm-hmm. but on demand, when you do on demand, it's, you know, it's different. So, um, what we're going to do is we're going to come out with a blog post next week that tells you these clients don't download these clients. We're going to make a list. And we're going to, you know, break that out so that at least there's something on paper that people can understand, you mm-hmm. know, that these, these particular pieces are active clients, at least maybe the top 20. And these active pieces can do active plays or downloads or variation thereof and uh, at least get that, that breakout so people can better understand it. But uh, um, because that's going to be the, you know, the question that people are going to have is... Um, you know, where, where does it fall out? How many people are, you know, and, and, and based on market share. Sure. So, so, you know, if you say, okay, I've got the, um, example, um, the Stitcher app and you're p- pressing play on Stitcher. Okay. So it is a live streaming app. So what does it really make up of a total shows audience? Well, it's two and a half, three percent, but yet you've got, so, you know, we're going to break those out into categories and then give the percentages so that mm-hmm. you can see what the impact is. Um, but Todd, as far as you know, is the new IEB document going to make recommendations around how, um, how the, the client level um, can be optimized to, to minimize the impacts of uh, unlistened to downloads like Apple has with the, you know, a- after three episodes of not listening, it, it pauses. It doesn't have that in there. Okay. No. Do you think it should? Well, we'll talk about it when the document's out. Okay. So it, it you know, it's again, um, the education is not going to end. You're still going to have to educate media clients but the main thing really the main you know our main goal was to make sure that the measurement guidelines for you know for providers laid out um you know some some rules and some best practices i guess for a better say so um you know it i think it's gonna be a great you know i think it's gonna help um, spent a long, t- a lot of work done on a lot of battles, you know, a lot of, you know, discussions with a variety of different groups and, you know, everyone brought, uh, you know, something to the table and it was, it was a good, it was a good process. And, um, and, 
you know, I'll never say what a company has ever said, and you know, those conversations are completely confidential. But uh, yeah, everyone participated, and it was good. And you know, on the most part, it was very civil. So. But so, yeah. did you hear any follow up on the on the 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 Electronic Frontier Foundation's um, patent have not. situation? Have not. Yeah, I haven't heard anything either. It's been pretty quiet on that yeah. for some reason. Yeah. yeah. And it maybe it just didn't raise high enough on the radar of podcasters to be concerned about it. So, uh, you know, if you hadn't caught it, Rob, I wouldn't even have. Uh, it had slipped. It had slipped through my uh, clutches too. And you know, I have a bunch of stuff that's set up to search for specific podcast news, and my filters didn't didn't catch it. So, I'm glad the EFF was paying attention. Yeah. Hey, one thing that I did want to talk a little bit about today, and I know you had another topic too, but I just want to talk about um, some, like, well, there was a, a topic I started in the podcast community thread that, man, it just, it went on and on and on. I, I opened up a can of worms, um, and it was revolving around lead pages or lead, lead page type systems and not specifically lead pages, but... Um, as you know, Rob, I try to sample a um, hundred new podcasts every two weeks. Uh, it's kind of my internal going through. And some shows I don't listen to very long. I, you know, I'm in there five minutes and I'm out. But I typically visit their websites um, as well in that process. And uh, I've got to the point where I've, I'm going batshit crazy over all these sites that, I mean, I'm not on their site like three minutes. And I'm getting this pop-up saying, subscribe to my newsletter or signed up to my marketing message. Um, and it's just... A lot of blogs are doing that these days. <sighs> I don't even know you. And, and this is for the podcasters. And, and I had about a 90% agreement rate, at least in the podcast community, that they're annoying as hell. Mm-hmm. Um. You know, on the outbound, it's not as much. If I'm getting ready to leave the page and you throw it up in my face, maybe I'm not as annoyed. But if I'm on your page and you've j- I've just gotten there and it's less than like, and these things must have a timer or something to determine that you've been there long enough to beg for you to sign up for a marketing newsletter. And I understand some people's shows are marketing shows. This is your business. This is you have to, you gain clients to represent them or whatever you're doing, whatever you're selling. And because that's what you're ultimately doing. Everyone's selling something yourself, your business, your product, who, you know, it doesn't matter. I'm selling stuff on my show. It's as far as my sponsorship uh, and promoting my, you know, my sponsor. So we all do some form of it, but the landing on those pages and getting that lead page pop up, it just makes me, it's one of those th- throw up in my mouth type things. And I leave, I leave the sites. I close the Well, it's tab. like a stop sign. It's like, you know. Oh, it just. Yeah. So, you know, I've always thought a better approach is on my tech show. I say, hey, you know, go over, and this is in the beginning, my, in my three minute pitch in the beginning, how to subscribe, welcome the new listeners, blah, blah, blah. And I tell them, hey, get signed up for the newsletter. Link's on the website. And it's a, it's a very, and I don't use anything fancy. I use a Google Groups group. It's free. It's a, it's not a, it's a one way where I just do a blast with the show notes. It's, you know, it's, it's nothing fancy. It doesn't have tracking in and all this stuff that people think they need these days. 
Um, I say go over to the, you know, there's a link on the website to go over to the newsletter and sign up. And it's my way. And it sure it's taken me a while to build that list um, little by little. Uh, and maybe it would have been faster to have a big lead page thing pop up. But maybe it's, maybe it's an age thing. But when I see that stuff, it's immediate, immediately I'm, I'm thinking, oh, first of all, I do is I grab my wallet. Because <laughs> somebody's about to reach into it. Make sure my bit's still in my pocket, right? And re- reach for yeah. my wallet. Then I immediately get suspicious. Like, all right, what is this guy's motive? I, and, and this person could be the most honest, forthcoming, fantastic product in the whole universe. But for at least for me, I'm like, then I, I, be, I go on the defense. <laughs> I think there needs to be a uh, a browser plugin that blocks pop-ups. You know, you talk about ad blockers. I know, like that has never existed before, Todd. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody needs to invent that. <sighs> that. It's called a pop-up blocker. No, just kidding. But, you know, I'm just encouraging you, if you're using some sort of pop-up thing. And, and I, one of my, hey, the, the guys, uh, uh, Jacob and Jeff on uh, uh, on our, on my network, they use one, but I don't tell them they can't. That's their choice to use one. Um, I think they do it on the outbound. Um, so you know, I, I don't say you can't use it because I let my own you know folks that are working with us or were our team members use one, but I don't. Um, I just it just to me it I, yeah I, I I don't like it. And I was surprised in the podcast community thread, there was about 90, 90, 10, 90% agreeing. And then there was obviously the defenders of it who rely on it. And I understand why they rely on it. Sure. Um, but boy, it sure is annoying. Yeah. And what, what's, what's your verdict, Rob? Do you like them? Um, <laughs> they are annoying. I mean, any time that you have a pop-up that happens in front of, I mean, I mean a lot of news sites do this, yeah. you know, incessantly where, where, you know, ads will pop up or kind of, uh, site takeovers. Um, this is just, these are all revenue strategies. Most of them, the whole newsletter thing is, is a little bit, I think that some people are a little bit too aggressive about it. Um, you know, there's no, it, it's a difficult thing too, right? I mean, you can have it just listed on your page as a place to sign up, but you probably, people need to be jarred into signing up for something. I mean, I can see why people feel like they, they need to do that kind of stuff, but it's also, it, it is like putting up a stop sign from people getting to your content, especially when, when they're going to your site on a mobile device. I think it's, it's, it can somehow, it can sometimes just take over the whole screen of your phone. Um, and you have to scroll around to be able to find how to close it. Um, it, it, and most people are going to websites now on their mobile devices, not on computers anymore. So I think you have to be very, very conscious of that. Um, but Todd, I also wanted to mention that the, the virtual ticket from podcast movement is now out. Yeah. And have you had a chance to play around with that? Nope, I haven't. How's it look? Looks okay. I think that the video quality is okay. You have to download a a client software 
Oh, really? Um, yeah, it's uh, and let's see, what's the what's the name they, of it? I'm just drawing they, a blank on the actual why name they of it. Do that. Uh, it's called the uh, Revisit. R e v i z z i t. Oh, they were so, one of the sponsors or something, weren't they? Is that reason why? I don't know. Maybe uh, download a client. So that means you but have yeah. to watch it on the desktop. Uh, they have apps for iOS and Android too. So you can't subscribe to this stuff as a podcast. You have to use a client. Oh it's a proprietary kind of paid login distribution platform. It kind of looks like it's it's maybe using BitTorrent technology. Oh, so it's doing like a it, it pre-caches all all of the the videos or something like that or just the metadata to the videos i'm not it's not entirely clear what downloads but when you load the software it has to download a big packet to your client and it could just be just all of the 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 graphics and metadata for is there an only audio version available or is it all video? yes yeah so they do have a a uh a zip packet that you can download off of the the client that, that will have all of the audio Yes. But you still have to load some client. Yeah, that's the only way you can get to it is you have to load this client. All right, Dan, 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 Dan. Gary, listen. <laughs> I understand you have to password protect this stuff because people have paid for it, but we can secure an RSS feed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, it's a player too, so it does have kind of supporting graphics around each of the the videos, so they have a little description and a title. But it's it, like a, it's kind of like a like a digital magazine, somewhat. This is the format of it. You kind of scroll through a long kind of list of graphics that have a have um, like hot areas where the video is, and that you. It's got like a screenshot of the so, individual session. So how many steps do I have to take? Like 10 steps to get to the media? Well, you have to, <laughs> uh, you know, you have to get logged in and then you download the client and then you have to load that like this digital magazine kind of, kind of thing into the client. And then that gives you access to the individual videos and the audio files. So it is a multi-step process. Once it's loaded, you can just launch the client and get access to all of the content anytime, and it's a player too. So I have to have the software on my desktop to do this. Yeah, or on your phone. Oh yeah. my god. Yeah, it's an app essentially. Yeah. All right. We're podcasters, but, right? <laughs> but I did hear on the podcast movement um, Facebook page, they um, people are starting to comment that the that the video experience or the the playback in the app um, is unreliable, but I haven't really seen that myself. I mean, I've played both both of our sessions or right. both of the sessions that I did. Actually, I did three sessions there, but um, but two of the sessions the video playback played fine for me. Um, but if you're trying to play it on a mobile device, maybe it's you know maybe you have more sketchy online connectivity, um, but. But it seemed to have good audio quality, uh, so I think they they did a really good job with that part okay. of it. Okay, I just the uh, whole client things. You know, I understand why they why they've done it. I think they were sponsor or something. So could be. Yeah, um, I can't remember exactly. I'd have to look at the 
at the folder. But anytime you have to do multiple steps to get to the media, yeah. just, you know, and it's hard to share too, or do, are we even allowed to share it? Well, I think if you download the, well, you're not going to get a, get a link to it um, right. that you can share. No. Um, but you know, I, you can get all the, the audio files in a downloadable archive, you know? Right. But I'm sure they don't want us because people have paid for that. So I'm sure they don't want yeah. anybody just re-uploading that and putting it in an archive, making it available somewhere. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's good. That's a good, uh, good question, but at least we have access to yeah. it. It's, it's been a, it's been a while since one of our sessions together has actually been available. <laughs> yeah. Cause I think last year they got, our session got was one that got lost, wasn't it? Well, that was at, uh, the new media. Expo. Oh, 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 sorry. Wrong, wrong group. That, that one got, got, got lost. Yeah. So a couple of things I wanted to talk about today too, was just some standard, um, some standard practices that podcasters should be paying attention to. And, you know, this is really kind of podcast one-on-one stuff. The, um, I've been digging around. Uh, we've been actually the, the IEB is working on an update to the buyer's guide, which has been out for a while. So they're solicited some information from me. So I was digging around in the, in the stats, uh, pretty heavy. And it actually led to a, couple of questions I was able to answer in the podcast movement, the Facebook uh, forum, when people were uh, talking about averages and so forth on show sizes. And, and we, we go a little bit uh, a, a different way of looking at uh, average show sizes in podcasting. Um, essentially, I, I do some chopping. I, you know, we don't look at shows that are less than a year old and um, because of the high failure rate of shows that are under a year and some other criteria, and we look at the publishing uh, schedule. So I, I really encourage podcasters, if you are doing less than one episode a week, to uh, really consider um, changing that. Um, and here's the reason why. We're seeing shows, uh, and it's across the board, and, it, and I hadn't done this exercise in a while, but... Um, shows that uh, publish less than one um, episode a, a week um, can grow. Sl- uh, well, they're, they they grow, grow significantly slower, slower significantly yeah. slower, yeah. Uh, six to seven times slower um, from a growth rate. So, if which you- actually makes sense when you think about it, um, and how people get into a pattern of of doing things on a week over week basis. Yeah, and and if you skip a week, uh, half your audience may lose interest because they they want to listen to something every week. Yeah. And yeah. This, the story I like to say, Rob, is they build you into their life. Yeah, exactly. That's the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. And totally agree. So, you know, it's, it was become very apparent that that is still the case. So, you know, if you're struggling with show growth and building audience, um, <laughs> you know, I highly recommend that you consider uh, up in that game and, and putting out at least one episode a week at, at, at a minimum. And there's another factor that if a show does at least two episodes a week, as long as they aren't a mega shows, um, if you're doing uh, uh, a show that uh, is you know an, around an hour or or less, maybe you know a little bit uh, in and around an hour, um, people can handle a couple episodes a week. But the big shows, the shows that are 
these monster shows are three hours. Um, they tend to have audiences that um, don't migrate too far from that show. They don't listen to too many, um, too many additional shows because they just don't have the time cycles for it. So yeah. if you're creating a three-hour show and you're doing two a week, that's you know you're taking and, and you're a super fan. You're probably listening to that podcast. That's a pretty small percentage of the podcasts out there that are doing yeah, three-hour episodes. Yeah, yeah, but there's a growing number yeah. that are yeah are long. So yeah. you know, look at ours. We're you know we're at ninety minutes with this show. So yeah, <clears throat> and we could probably go on a lot longer if we wanted to. Yeah, but you had something. So I think we we eventually run out of things to talk, talk about, about. But yeah. I guess it depends on how 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 parse we go into topics yeah. but yeah but the, you know it's just a couple of little podcast one-on-one things um and I, I did a deep dive on uh you know um usually after like the first 20 clients i don't really look much further than that <laughs> but i was looking at some sampling and it's, i was doing some new things i was looking at um shows that were created in july that how much they delivered in july then I took and I went back and I looked at shows that were produced in June that were listened to in July and then shows that were produced in May that were listened to. And I went back, I stepped back uh, multiple steps because we, I keep having this argument with people about long tail. And I'm going to come out with some, I, I get going to get the data finalized, but I've got it all spreadsheeted out now and, and I'm looking at the, uh, looking at these numbers because you you it's you can't take just a month because like here we are if if we were doing this show at the end of the month the last Saturday of the month um which will be the twenty seventh this month if you look at the you, you know we can't we're gonna have some roll in of people listening into September no. so you have to you know the first couple of months you know you release a show in May you assume that you're gonna get some rollover into June. And then the true story is if it's long tail, if actually people are listening into July. So I went back and I was looking at this long tail story. You know, I've been telling people, and we've talked about it a hundred times in this show, um, about you know ninety percent of shows delivering, um, you know ninety percent of their content within the first ninety six hours of their, yeah. Anyway, I've said that many many times. Yeah. And so you know, I went back and I wanted to you know, validate what I've been talking about. And I actually think that the long tail numbers are worse. <laughs> um, in that a very, very small percentage of shows truly have long tail. And I'll quantify that in, in a blog post here in the near future and give you the exact numbers on a huge sample, very huge sample of shows. Um, I think the sample number I used was a little over 32,000 and, and it only looked at active shows, shows that were creating content today, putting out fresh content, you know, on a, at least a monthly basis to look at that long tail to really determine, cause I, you know, I had to throw out the stuff that was, um, you know, people that had quit, you know, we've got customers that have quit podcasting who are still using our stats. They get three, four or five downloads a month on a podcast that, you know, hasn't been in production in six months. So I had to throw out all the 
inactive folks. It took me a while to work through this. Um, at least in my sample, um, it goes, I'm just telling you, <laughs> if you have a show that is got, um, staying power and it is, um, delivering significant downloads and there are shows that do that deliver significant downloads, um, three months after you produced it, you've got a major winner. <laughs> I mean, a major winner because you are in a minority. Yeah, I think it, uh, that tends to make sense, you know, and I, I think as all of our lives have gotten busier and busier, and if you're producing new content, people barely have enough time to keep up with the latest versus going back and listening to your older shows. But, you know, like I try and do with the Speaker Live show, I try and title the episodes and cover topics that um, span time. Right, right. right. That topic uh, will be relevant six months from now. Uh, just as much as it is today. Um, where this show, I think we tend to talk about kind of more, you know, what's happening this week kind of thing. So, um, it, so it's a little bit of a different focus. Um, but I think shows that tend to talk about topics that people, you know, have an interest in, irregardless of time frames, is what we're talking about here. Um, I don't know. I th it also gets back to personalities and celebrity, too, I would imagine. And one thing I was also surprised at was the – there are some shows out there. And, and, again, I see this report, you know, every month. I know what the top 20 or 50 or whatever it is that we're, you know, we're, you know they're being uh, customers of ours. And I'm looking at the – number of shows that are doing more than a million um a million listens per month that number is way up i mean way up this space is uh is right now um at least the big shows they're getting a lot bigger a lot bigger um and in a hurry so and I, I, I've got to go back, and it's it's really hard to determine overall industry listener growth rate. It's really hard to figure that out, um, just because. It, well, it just is. It is. It's hard. But just looking at uh, top shows and the number of shows that have you know crossed over into six digit listener audiences and many of them are brand name shows that you're familiar with today and i i, I can't say any of their names because it, I, my terms of service doesn't allow it but the number of shows that are moving into that million number is rapidly upticking and um i i, I was actually stunned i said why there, do you think that's happening now is it just the bigger, bigger, get bigger, and, and I think everyone's. I think all our boats are floating. I think we're all, you know, we're seeing increases across the board. Um, yep. You know, for shows that are doing the right things, that are doing their, you know, doing a weekly show, that are, you know, out and promoting it, and you know, correct, you know, on social media and Facebook, and you know, and getting their, building their audience. We're seeing growth. More listeners are are joining the space. Um, and, and, and what tipped me off 
was uh, Angelo said, um, yeah, I had to go in and resize the database. And I'm like, uh, or the storage of the database. He says, uh, essentially what was going, and this is like the third time he's done it this year. Um, we, the way our stat system works is we require a certain amount of storage before we process and offload. And um, so when he has to increase storage space, it tells me that the volume is up. Uh, the volume of uh, listeners is up because that means the log files have gotten bigger and he has bigger, to create, yeah. create more space. So, you know, when he had to go in and, you know, for the third time this year, increase the space and we get a warning, you know, he's got some predefined warnings that <clears throat> like you get to 75% of capacity. Um, you know, that's the time in a 30 day period. That's when we need to, you know, to bump things up. So the, um, that was really kind of what tipped me off to start doing some of these, uh, deep dives and pulling spreadsheets. I have to run a, um, it doesn't take too long, but you know, it's use the server resources when I pull these big spreadsheets. And, um, but I was just, I, I kind of sit there with my mouth hanging open, uh, not realizing that we had so many more shows that kind of a plot. So, you know, I got to do the rest of the analysis. I need to see if go down and take a, a six months, the, spreadsheet and line them up side by side and i need to look at you know the shows that are you know like like this one all average shows you know and look and mm -hmm. see you know where they're at numbers wise and see if they're getting growth too um but there's definitely definitely more listeners coming in and listening now so i i i, I and I'd, I'd like to be able to quantify the industry growth rate at some point but i just don't know if we're ever going to i I mean, need someone with bigger math skills than me, probably. <laughs> hey, Todd, Which I isn't saying much. Yeah, I think you, you had mentioned in the past that um, on your kind of like state of podcasting um, annual thing that you do, and that there's still a significant number of podcasters that are self-hosting still. Yeah. And I think you said it maybe my memory is fading on this, but it was like almost like 30 or 40%. I don't know if I actually had the number that were self hosting. I mean, you know, like, like just running a server at Rackspace or go yeah, I don't, I don't think hand I coding their, their own RSS feeds. Yeah. I'll have to go back and look at that sheet. I don't know if I actually had a percentage, but I will say this is uh, I average five to 10 shows a week that um, have to be migrated, emergency migrates because their hosts are shutting them down. And that's held pretty steady for years. And that's usually happens when you run out of memory or you have exceeded your bandwidth. You, well, now, more, right? more now you've exceeded your resource allotment allowed by your hosting provider. <laughs> That's the excuse that uh, hosting providers tell you now. It's not because you ran out of bandwidth. It's because you've exceeded your resource, your, ho your, your host account's resources. In other words, they're measuring how many resources you're using, not bandwidth. And that's the excuse that they give to shut a show down. So when they say resource, though, what are they Bas usually referring well, to? Well, it's because you're, you're getting too many con uh, concurrent downloads and you're... Yeah. Yeah. You're saturating their right. their bandwidth pipe because there's a hundred, there's five hundred other 
web host on that page and that server is only capable of so many sessions at a time and if you have 50 sessions or 20 sessions open and downloading media um, that means that uh, those sessions are not available to the 499 other shows and you're only supposed to be using you know they have averages <laughs> yeah you know they know what and when you exceed their limit they that's when they they, they kindly send you it and they either tell you to upgrade <laughs> or um, do something to lower your resource utilization. <laughs> yeah, because I'm, I mean, a lot of new podcasters come into the space. And I'm not sure that they always realize that um, the combination of media downloads and serving an RSS feed can be pretty intense on a server, <clears throat> uh, especially if you're trying to host your website, uh, host your RSS feed, as well as host all your downloads off of the same server. And if you get a, a popular show, uh, that can really hammer that server. It, it doesn't even take a popular show because what some podcasters are doing. Well, um, popular is a relative term, but I mean, if you hit any kind of popularity, it's going to saturate the thing. It's mostly the folks that have bought the lowest end hosting yeah. account. The $2.99 hosting account or $3.99 hosting right. accounts. Yeah. Yeah. It's those, it's those in and some and it's not just them but it's you know there's the one they're the ones that run into it first yeah um that run into it so um it's just not a matter of uh, if it's when uh, it'll it's it's going to happen and i'm not trying to sell podcast hosting i'd love to have you come over and host with us or rob you know we'd love your business but um just uh, just remember that uh, you know don't be surprised when you do get that email and, you know, and I guess, you know, the reason we're saying this is that this is, this is one of those basics, Todd, that you, right. you were talking about at the beginning is that it, it is smart to separate what you do with your show. Yeah. So you can scale and you can grow and you don't want to get shut down on your hosting because you got, your show became popular or you started to grow. Um, that's not the time to have a, a, a server get turned off on you. And it's um, and you never know when. Okay, here here's the thing that um, that I told people they need to plan for. Uh, it's that Oprah moment, and you know Oprah's. I don't think she's on TV anymore. I don't watch regular TV, but you know when a, when Oprah mentioned a book or a podcaster, you know her millions of fans would immediately either go buy the book or download the podcast, and and people would be blown out. It was the it was the dig moment when a sh and sites would get taken down because there would be an article on dig and you know the 50,000 people would rush to that website and you know you'd basically 401 on the website cuz everyone's trying to and so if if you are not prepared for a a moment when you get announced on national news or the local newspaper or whatever that event is that triggers a mass rush to your website that's a time you want to be smiling and be up and accepting and getting you know, get new subscribers because, <laughs> you know, you could double, triple, quadruple your show or even, you know, have a thousand percent growth in, you know, four or five hour period. That is not the time to be offline. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> yeah. You know, your site comes up and it says server uh, resources been exceeded. <laughs> or it doesn't even load. The page just doesn't load. You know, that's what yeah. usually happens. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you just, it sits there and the, and the wheel spins. 
you yeah. know and i've been i've had you know my personal show um you know i've had those i've learned by trial by fire i've had those types of events happen um you know years ago as on as at ces um, my server was at the time was running on a virtual dedicated server. It wasn't a full server. Um, as at CES, and we were by the MSNBC booth, hanging out, looking and gawking at the, uh, um, you know, at the big, you know, multi-million dollar studio. And and uh, the guy sees me with a microphone. And he comes down and grabs me, brings me up on the MSNBC set, and I sit and talk for three minutes about two or three pieces of equipment that he had on his dash, got free promotion, live on national television, prime time, and my site collapsed <laughs> from the ongoing onrush of people that were, oh, this, you know, either who's this nerd or who's this dude or whatever. But anyway, I missed the opportunity to grow show because my, you know, my, my website just fell over on itself. <laughs> And you thought that you were all ready. Oh, I thought I was a cool cat. You know, it was before yeah. Twitter. I'm like, oh my God, I just on MSNBC. You know, I was on talking on national TV about geek stuff. You know, it wasn't, you know, they used to do that before they only talk about politics. Uh, but, um, yeah. <laughs> so it was, uh, you know, it was, so what did I do? I, I lost opportunity to, so you don't want to have that moment. <laughs> you plan for it. Plan for it early and spend a little extra money. Yes. This is not like a boat where you have to break out a Benjamin every day, you know, to support a boat. This is a podcast, you know, it's a, maybe it's a Benjamin a month. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's a difference between paying $5 and $10. <laughs> or, or, or maybe $5 and $20. Yeah. 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 It can go, it can go that way too. Yeah. Don't so, go too cheap because then you're well, then there, you're asking for problems. Well, there's another thing too, and most people don't even realize this. You know, I'm a big SEO guy. In my, well, I believe in my SEO. I don't believe in, you know, I know what works. Been doing this a long time. Um, page loads, page load speeds are ranked by by Google. If you have a slow loading page, they're not going to send you as much traffic. So, uh, my site crash your uh, server. Yeah, and it's being polite to you. <laughs> so you know, um, my system's pretty complex now. I you know I have a I have a, um, a server that sits on the backside that uh, where I do all the work, and then there's a cache server that sets. I mean, a second dedicated server that sets in front of that that, that just serves the pages. That yeah. serves the pages. You know, and does what does that cost me? Um, that cost me $267 a month to do that. Do you serve your graphics off of a different server? And not currently, but at some point I'll probably move the graphics maybe for S3 or something like that. I'm not at that point, but, um, but because the yep. cache server, the cache server takes care of the, the load. Yep. And it, you know, it does require me to press a, do a blog post if I want it to come up immediately instead of uh, waiting 10 minutes for the cache server to, to clear it. I have to do a clear cache, push a little button to clear the cache. But um, it's the difference between, well, I tell you what's, what it's done is that it's uh, made my pages rank much higher. I, on average, I moved up two or three spots in a lot of search terms. And that's huge. 
huge, 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 huge. So it's, you know, people say, oh, I don't get much traffic to my website. Well, does your page take 15 minutes to load? You know, and uh, they actually have tests with Google Analytics and Google Webmaster Tools that will test your page loading time. And as traffic grows, I'm going to have to invest more money in making sure my pages continue to load fast, too. Um, you know, a lot of folks just, they, they want to create their podcast. They don't want to focus on this other stuff. Um, yeah. But that's one of the reasons, and again, I'm sorry, Rob, I'm tooting my own horn here, but this PowerPress Sites product that we launched, I told Angelo, I said, I want the lowest cost product. The, I want the free pages, the, the guys that get the free website, to load just as fast as the guy that's paying, that's going to pay $79 a month for the super duper plan. I want the same performance on the, on the front end so that um, even though you're paying a lower price for a product that maybe not give you as much, that the page loads are, are quick. And Angela's going to yeah. shoot me. I'm not supposed to tell this, but I'm just telling you that that was our goal was to make sure that the page loads is, were, were lightning fast. Mm-hmm. We're getting a lot of comments in the chat room. Uh, that's good. Okay, you want to come in and get the phone? I got a son that's leaving here for a minute. Yes, you can get the phone. <laughs> he doesn't have a... He's uh, 12, be 13 soon. And uh, don't lose it. He doesn't have a um, uh, a mobile phone yet. We're taking a different strategy with him. He can... We have an extra one. He can borrow it uh, when he goes to events with his friends, but uh, uh, no smartphone for him until high school. So, Todd, I I went out and bought a bought bought a new phone. Oh, what did you get? Another iPhone, or what'd you get? I got a I got a Windows phone. They still make those. Yes. <laughs> I'm serious, Rob. I didn't know they still made them. Is that a new it's, phone or is that a reconditioned one that was old or what? No, no, it's a it's a new one. It's the it's the the Microsoft Lumia 950 XL. So it's a 5.7 inch screen. It's it's gotten um, it's gotten like four Windows um, uh, 10 mobile updates. So hmm. my, uh, here in the last, I don't know. A uh, few days here, so so Microsoft is actively updating their mobile version of Windows 10. So I'm sure that there's, I've heard that there's going to be more devices coming, um, but it sounds like that they're going to be coming from um, OEMs. So why did you not get an Android? Or I know you're, I know you've been a Windows Phone user for a while, but so the question is why why did i do that just because i i prefer the the windows phone ui and hmm. experience and i don't use a lot of specialty apps i have an iphone yeah. and uh an android tablet so i can do everything i need to do on those devices but i'm a firm believer in the the windows mobile operating system i just like it but you also use a Windows desktop too, right? The only thing you've got Apple. I do. Product. I have a Surface tablet, and then I also, but I also have an, um, yeah, I also have an iPad. I also have an iPhone, 
I've got a Nexus 7 tablet that I use also. So all those apps that everybody says that you need to have, uh, I can get access to all those. It's just that I don't, I, all of the core stuff that I need to do is available on Windows Phone. Oh, that's so, cool. And it's, and it's a beautiful device. It's got a 20 megapixel camera on it. And it also came with uh, that, uh, that continuum dock. Mm-hmm. That actually, the phone is capable of um, displaying on a full size monitor and and basically running the office suite. So it's it's part of that kind of bigger strategy of the the universal apps that's that's being being built out on the you know on the Microsoft side, where I believe what's happening here. And I I was in the Microsoft store just the other day, and they said that there's new laptops that are coming out um, that have a slot in the back of them for a SIM card. Hmm. So you'd be able to, <clears throat> and they're oh, saying that's that cool. more, yeah, more, more and more um, various size screen um, PCs are going to come with the capability of sliding in a SIM card. Yeah, that's about time. So what what this means in the bigger picture is is that it doesn't matter what size screen. Uh, they're all going to have the same capabilities as a mobile device. Right. So do you find, so are you using, for email and stuff, do you use Gmail or do you use Outlook? I, I use the built-in um, you know, email in the phone itself, and I set up Gmail, and I've got like eight or nine different, different email addresses, and I just have them all set up in here, and it's, it's a gorgeous kind of mail you know mail interface i have uh, facebook apps twitter apps linkedin apps slack apps i have all of the core stuff i mean this is like a business phone for me it's right so, i don't do a lot of specialty apps in this thing so i does that make you a three percenter or what's the <laughs> i don't really you know that whole thing about um about windows mobile or is is dead is is just you know it's it's dead to most because most never adopted it. Right, um, right. So it doesn't mean that it's a bad experience or or that it's it doesn't have all all the basic tools that you need to 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 function. Yep. Um, they're all there. It's just it's not going to have you know these fringe apps that that. Um, right. A lot, I, I mean, a lot of people use on Android and iOS, yep. but it's just not going to have all of those you know startups. Yep. And all those apps that. You know, Mr. Scoble walks around talking about all the time. Well, it's uh, you know, it's it's Mac app, uh, you know, Mac Windows, Tricaster's running on Windows. Yeah. Skype, two Skype machines are on Mac. Recording the audio of this show is on Windows. Um, so I'm an equal opportunity operating system user, and yeah. at the same time, equal opportunity operating system basher as well <laughs> yeah well you know i'm the same way i mean i i i've got all those all those devices too and one thing i do not have though is a mac one thing i, I am concerned about though they're talking about the new iphone 7 not coming with a headphone jack and all, all <sighs> bluetooth huh or so, i don't know what they're coming some new connector or whatever and I, i'm I'll be honest with you really Really, Apple? Well, you know this 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 phone came. Oh, 
I'm with a new proprietary plug in the back of it too. It's it's like I have a very difficult time doing. Um, I I spend a lot of hours on my phone, and I used to use a Bluetooth headset exclusively, and then I kept getting dropouts. People couldn't hear me. I mean, I literally threw all my Bluetooth headsets in the trash. I don't have any here right now because they work for 90 days and they quit working. It just absolutely drive me batshit crazy. I had you know, spent a hundred by a top end of the line Plantronics headset and it would Bluetooth wise. And I don't know what it is either. I sweat on them. Who knows? Two months in it's junk. So I went to a 1295 Amazon special headset plugs into the jack I've had this stupid thing for six months. It mm-hmm. works. <laughs> it just works. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's got a little boom mic that comes in front of my mouth. It's got the, um, you know, so I, a little spit guard or whatever you want to call it. And people say, oh, you sound so great on the phone. And I'm thinking, yeah, I'm on a 1295, you know, <laughs> cheap headset. Yeah, it's great, isn't it? You know, so now they're going to come out with a, with take that jack away. I'm thinking, do I, do I have to go to Android now? Do I have to switch to Android because these idiots are taking away the headphone jack? Hey, there's always Windows Phone, Todd. <laughs> there's the podcast area right you, there with you, all, you, of, all my subscriptions. I'm not going to say never, but hell hasn't froze over yet. <laughs> I know. <laughs> There you go. Oh, man. You know, I spend a lot of years (laughs) working for Microsoft. I'm a little biased. I agree. Of course, of course. Um, And it's, it's, you know, it's a little bit of, you know, habits are hard to break. And that's the honest truth about it. But I honestly enjoy the user interface more than I enjoy the Android and iOS. You know, I don't know what's really ironic about Android is that it, it really uh, reminds me of the old Windows desktop. Um, you know, <laughs> the whole Android experience. So, but anyway, it's 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 what it is. And like you said, Todd, we're all living in a multi-operating system world now. I think, but most people, I don't think, do though. I think most people don't necessarily live in a too much of a multi-operating system. I think they tend to gravitate towards Apple or Android. I don't know. Is that your observation as well? Yeah, I think I think the folks that are iPhone users are pretty loyal, and uh, Android yep. as well. So, but I've been using both. I my son just walked out with. Yeah, but a, we're geeks, you know. Yeah, yeah. My I son, mean, we have to know all these operating systems. My son just walked out with a Samsung S7 Sport. Um, rugged, he can drop it, he can go swimming with it. Um, I, in all honesty, love that phone a lot, and it's in my pocket as much as my iPhone is right now. So, you know, Samsung, and the reason I like it, it doesn't feel cheap, it's rugged, and I'm not saying iPhones feel cheap. I like a phone when I'm holding my hand. It doesn't feel like it's going to slip out and shatter on the floor. And that, yeah. that Samsung S7 Sport is the is the money. If anybody else is listening that's like this, that's the phone to go look for. Um, and uh, it just, 
It's really good. They did a good job on that one. And I tested an HTC recently and an LTG, and um, but this S7, I, I'm pretty impressed. I don't care for the Edge one that much, but yeah. Uh, yeah, luckily there's about five thousand phones to pick from, so you just I, yeah. You know, Especially find, on the Android side, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, Todd, I mean, before we wrap up today, I I've been thinking a lot about this over the last couple of days. Is do you, you know, I, I, you do a technology show every week. I don't necessarily do that any, anymore, but I did for many years. And, and does it seem to, to you just the way it seems to me that, um, technology is getting a little kind of stale these so, days that yeah. things are not progressing as fast yep. as I'm, I'm accustomed to, yep. um, you know, these, these small little improvements to our technology, you know, the, the, the getting 5% faster. Um, we, we've hit a lull. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for exactly. sure. I mean, what is the next big thing? What's the next evolution that's going to happen here? Well, let me turn around and show you a product I just bought that I wasn't going to buy that I got excited about. I mean, it's hard to really get excited about technology anymore. For, for those <laughs> of you, you, and this is for those of you that are thinking about doing live events. I was real critical when I first saw this, but they changed it. So it works with any services. Uh-huh. Okay. So this is the Mevo. Yeah, I and think I saw that at uh at at the NAB. I so think. I haven't even unboxed it yet. It just it came a couple of days ago. And uh-huh. uh so it's little things like this they're still getting me excited in the space, but you know, I'm a geek and I do this kind of stuff. But uh, you know, I think for CES, this is probably going to be my primary live camera. Um, there's a way you really? can do a pro mic through your iPhone with it because we're downscaling for CES this year. We're not having a broadcast booth. We're going to be in a, um, I made the decision not to do the full booth and spend the $25,000 it cost me every year to do it. But instead we're going to ha- be on a broadcast platform. We can go live whenever we want. We're going to spend a lot of time on the show floor, but this is probably what's going to be accompanying me to do live at ces so it's the little things but um i think what is that camera so groundbreaking for you what what about it a number one it's light (laughs) i can control it from my iphone i can use my iphone too if i wanted to but this has the ability to be able to switch and zoom and um we're going to be i'm going to be testing it to see if it's going to work out the way i think it's going to work out so, you know, most of the stuff I'm going to do live at CES is going to be through this device or through my mobile, and it's going to be doing some, you know, some Facebook stuff, and i got to figure out the strategy there and how we're going to be able to, if we're just going to do Facebook, a bunch of Facebook live sessions or, um, yeah. so, you know, there's, you know, we got to work out the logistics of it, but, you know, just streaming for 10 hours and rotating a new guest in every 10 minutes, I, I'm uh, in base. You're done with that? I'm done with that for now because... Well, I'm going to be frank. The PR people have ruined it. Um, I mean, it can be a whole discussion in itself. The PR people now, they, they have, uh, they're the gatekeepers to companies. Um, and it is very difficult now to obtain sponsorship money and because uh, everything has to go through the PR company. And they, as soon as they see a proposal come through that potentially is going to take away from their budget it gets shredded unless you have a direct connection or a direct contact 
with the with the company or a decision maker um, for a lot of the company. I mean, a lot of the companies at CES hire a PR firm just for the event, and uh, the PR the PR firms have been brutal. And uh, the companies that are big enough to afford the type of sponsorship dollars that we're looking at. When I'm dealing with a gatekeeper, it's it's so we're going to go back to the floor and we're going to do what we did best. We're going to look for that guy with a 10 by 10 booth that is max out his credit card to be there with a brand new product. You know, we were one of the first companies to talk to GoPro uh, in the early days, gave them a bunch of uh, you know, publicity. They grew from a, a 10 by 10 to a 100 by 100 overnight. And now we're at a pavilion. And so we're going to go back out and we're going to find you know, those guys that are doing innovative stuff and it's not in the hundred by hundred booths. It's that dude that's in the corner and, uh, or the startup. So we're going to go to that mode. I probably should have done it a couple of years ago, but, um, we used to be able to get enough, um, uh, worker. Well, you know, it, we try to make our money back and we don't, it's not the only reason we go to CES. The CES is just through the relationships we develop. But when I get a CEO's business card and the email doesn't go to the CEO, it goes to his PR firm, we've lost the battle. And, uh, so we're going to have to go back and, uh, rethink how we're doing big events. So, Todd, so how would you use that camera? Would you put, mount that camera on top of a tripod yeah. or something like yeah, that? Yeah, it actually comes with a tripod, and you. And actually, I bought the extended battery for it, so it's going to be about this tall when it's all done. But you just plank it down. Um, you use your iPhone as the controller. Uh, I'll be able to connect a pro mic into it, and then we will just, uh, you know, it may be a little bit weird on how that. Maybe I'll have a. The secondary person that does the, you know, controlling of the, the controlling of the camera with the mobile device, and so we'll see how it works. I got to test it in a heavy um, data environment. I need to go somewhere where there's lots of interference, lots of phones, like to a mall or something like that. So we'll, we're going to be testing it and see how it works. And if not, we'll just use the, you know just mobile devices and cameras as we have in the past. Mm-hmm. But there's lots of solutions out there, and the the only thing it kind of blows on it is I wish they would have put a um, mic in line in. You have to do that through the mobile device. There is a mic. It's designed. It works in this type of a environment just fine. But I wish they would have put a line in on that uh, on that camera. But it's tiny. It's it's about this big. So we're already at an hour thirty, Rob. I know. That's crazy. And we had a great audience today. A number of, uh, had a good audience on YouTube, good audience on Facebook for Saturday, everything. But thanks for hanging out. Anything last things before we punch out of here? Uh, can't, can't think of anything else. It's, uh, I'm going to be going to the, the mid Atlantic podcast conference coming up here, uh, on the East coast. Yeah. We, uh, we decided not to go the last, uh, we checked in with them. Their numbers weren't very high, so um, be curious to see how many people they've got at the event. I'm um, hoping that more more will show up. Yeah. So uh, Mackenzie, my uh, uh, one of our team members at Blueberry, she's at PodCamp Pittsburgh today. So uh-huh. uh, actually, I'm going to check on her and see how that is. So that's um, going on. We did do a threw some money to the Mid Atlantic folks. So. 
Um, but yeah, we were planning on going, but when we talked to them on uh, registration numbers, it wasn't as high as what we thought they were going to have. So that was my only concern. I'll be curious, when does that happen? It's September 9th and 10th in, in South Philly. So on the East coast. Okay. I mean, I, the big reason why we're supporting it is, is that I, I just feel like we need a conference on the East coast. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I hope it would, you know, Joe and his team over there. I, I hope that show grows. I hope, I hope you show up, Rob. And there's 300 people there. Then I'll be mad that I didn't go. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to do anything, do everything I can to promote it, to get people to show up to it. That's for sure. Yeah. So if, you, if you're near Pittsburgh and you didn't know it, podcast Pittsburgh is live right now. You've missed, missed the first day, but, uh, there's still time to hang out. And then, uh, podcast mid Atlantic is coming again. Like Rob said, September 9th and 10th. So there is the potential, Rob, that I might be on travel. Uh, let me give you some dates here. And actually, okay. that 9th, 10th day, uh, well, the week in concern for me is the week of, uh, I will probably be flying Saturday the yeah, 17th. I'll probably, we'll probably have to rearrange the show that day. So those two weekends might be tough for both of us. So we'll have to figure something out. Um, and then another September thing. 17th. Yeah. I will probably be coming back from the East coast on that day. Oh, I'm okay. going out to, uh, do some uh, meetings, uh, on the East coast that week. And do then you try and try and do something, um, on, on that Sunday or yeah, potentially the Sunday, the 18th probably will be the day we'll have to do the show. I almost guarantee I won't be available the 17th. Another, um, I may be um, in Vegas. Uh, I'm sorry, Todd. <laughs> on the or in and around the Vegas area, um, the 27th. But uh, it of, may, of August. Yeah, so may have to push the show to Sunday the 28th on that day as well. Because uh, I may be flying in the morning of the either I'm going to fly in the morning of the 27th. Or I'm going to fly in the morning of the 28th. One of the two. So I'll let you know how that goes. Okay. But otherwise, we can do the show wherever we, we don't have to worry about blab no more. We just do Facebook. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> actually, it was and, easier to do the and, show. Uh, YouTube. We can't forget yeah. YouTube. Right? It was actually easier to do the show on. Uh, um, actually, how are we going to do the show without blab when we're on travel? I have to think about that. Okay. So. Uh, that's uh, that's yeah, all I've got. That's true. That's a good. Uh, it's a good question. Yeah, we'll f I'll figure something out. There's well, there's a will, there's a way. <laughs> so everyone, well, think I think if we use one of the Blab competitors, yeah, maybe, yeah, we'll do that. Try one of those out for a show and see how it works. Yeah. But all right, and I'm getting a sun stripe right down my. Yes, you it's are coming right in the corner here. I'm trying to keep backing away from it. It's not working real well, but. Uh, okay. I'm going to do the first recording of Podcast Legends show today. So, Awesome. Yeah, excited about that. Uh, trying to get Adam Curry and Dave Weiner on as guest one and two, but uh, they're, they're hard to track down. So we'll maybe yeah, not. Yeah, I've invited Dave on many times, and he always says, yeah. don't do interviews anymore. Well, that's too bad. All right. Everyone, thanks for being here. Go over to newmediashow.com, subscribe to the show. We thank you for being here. Those of you that have been chatting in the Facebook and YouTube area. We definitely appreciate your attendance and I uh, hope you got something out of the show today. We'll see you next week here. Uh, oh, actually, Rob, where, you, where can I get you? 
on on Twitter at Rob Greenley with two E's and robgreenley.com and the uh, speaker live show.com. Uh, I do that every Wednesday. And Todd at newmediashow.com or at Geek News on Twitter. As I was going to do before, we'll see everyone next time. Everyone take care. We'll see you. Bye-bye. Bye.